0: If this has to be at the end, like this is the end for me. And then boom, and then silence, and then white, and then, I'm, and then I wake up, I'm like by the water, and I'm here, I'm okay, I just moved. I'm doing fine, there's my brother's voice. Like, Get a second chance at life. I don't know what the meaning of it all is, Still, I'm still trying to figure it out, but definitely a big takeaway was I need to live more purposefully. To me those are like more of the end goals. Like how to transmit love and share kindness and like find a sense of humility together and impact the community in a way that like makes people smile. Like those are like the real forms of success and richness and wealth. Like this number that you see on a computer screen when you log into like your US bank account, like that's just like some some benefits you get along the way that like help you to continue your success. and the real things that are like the markers of success. Hello, people of purpose. Today's episode is a republishing of a podcast interview I did on the Do A Day podcast, where I was the guest on a former People of Purpose guest, Brian Falchuk Show. The original source of this episode can be found at Do A Day podcast and at Do A Day book. I really recommend the podcast Do A Day. As well, if you're looking for further inspiration on how to take positive steps in the direction of our purpose daily. Um, Brian Falchuk was a guest on People of Purpose on episode 15. He can be found at Brian Falchuk. That's B-R-Y-A-N-F-A-L-C-H-U-K. And he came into my life by serendipity on his 80-something podcast interview. His story of losing more than 100 pounds and overcoming the pain of his wife's battle with cancer is so inspirational. And today he runs marathons and inspires people to live a better life every day through his book, his TED Talks, and now his podcast, Do A Day. Brian has been an excellent guest. He's also been an excellent friend and mentor in this world of the podcast now. He's made himself available for phone calls, for messages, to just figure out how we can bring people a purpose um, to the world in a more impactful way, to reach more lives, and to just do better every day um, in, in living out my purpose. I really appreciate Brian, and he asked me to be a guest on his podcast to share my story of how I used my rock-bottom experience, nearly dying after a major fall at Yosemite National Park, to live a life more alive and purpose-driven. In the interview you're about to listen to, he really challenged me, and I'm really grateful for it. I think you're going to get insights into my world, into my sense of purpose that I haven't shared yet before, and I'm really excited for you to get to um, analyze those and decide like what works for you. Um, And also you get to hear an outsider perspective, you get to hear Brian's perspective and his questions and his curiosities, and I think that could be really helpful. I've decided to leave the track as is, as he published it, so you get a sense of like what his podcast is like, because I really want to show gratitude for all the work he did in editing this podcast and orchestrating an awesome interview, Um, and I'm really looking forward to this beautiful, spontaneous, unforeseen future that I know our partnership is going to bring. Brian has been so generous to grant me republishing rights so we could share this with the people of purpose audience. And I really hope that you can sit and just tune in and really like ask yourself, what is it that I need to do today to tap into my purpose and take the next steps in my journey? It doesn't matter if your journey is at the bottom or the top right now, you can go to the next level and there's ways in which you can do it um, that I feel like get expressed in this interview. So please enjoy the following republication of our interview, first published on the Do It a podcast, now published on the People of Purpose podcast, with today's guest, your host, Tanner Badgley. I highly recommend people to go out and like really find themselves before they're going to create a lot of responsibilities. Like You have to take care of yourself first. And now I'm slowly letting responsibilities come into my life, but like. I'm asking for them now. It's not like, oh no, another responsibility has come. I'm going to react to it by just like, you know, kind of half-heartedly accepting it. I know it's going to take a lot of personal sacrifice that I'm not quite ready for. That's how like mediocre lives are built. I'm not trying to create a life like that. I see it, I see it happening um and it's unfortunate and people don't seem to think that there's an alternative, but I am I guess I'm blessed with like kind of optimism like I believe we have like infinite potential to become someone great if we like, we all have this like inside of us and we just have to unlock it. I don't know whether that's like my Christian upbringing or like the um, meditation and Buddhism I was able to be a part of in Thailand or if it's like me laying on the mountain and realizing like I got it all back and like, there's some core part of me that was never touched through any of these experiences. And that core part is like pure and wonderful and joyful. And like there's tools to tap into that. And I have those tools now. And so I feel extremely resilient things. And I feel much older than my age says I
1: am in lots of ways. That's Tanner Badgley. And I'm Brian Falchuk. The Do A Day Podcast. When you hear from the most inspiring people who have been through hard times, overcome them, and have turned around help others with what they've learned. I'm your host, Brian Falchuk. I know because I've lived it myself. I've written about it in my book, Do A Day, and that's why I'm bringing you this show. Remember, today's a new day. Go out and do it. Hey, Day Doers. Welcome to another episode of the Do A Day podcast. My guest today is Tanner Badgley. Tanner is a pretty young guy. He's in his 20s, but he is one of the oldest souls I know. Uh, and I say that in the best possible way. Tanner had me on his show a while ago. It's called People of Purpose. And that like that sums up his life in a nutshell. He is absolutely a person of purpose, and that purpose is dedicated to helping others find their own that purpose that you know that's such a key thing to the work that I do. So um, it's no wonder that he and I are just really clicked. and and what he's doing on his side really resonated with what I'm trying to do on my side. So I was so excited to reconnect with him and have him on the show. I say reconnect because he has been uh, going throughout Asia for a while now. He, this is a guy who, you know, he's got this crazy story falling off a mountain, um, getting severely injured when he was 19, nearly dying. He takes us back to that moment in Yosemite National Park and the impact it had on his life and how it got him to question things. But it's so interesting that that didn't totally wake him up. And he went through this really dark period, ended up in a, a very soulless, directionless kind of path. And then he had another concussion. And that that's what triggered ultimately just questioning, like, what am I doing? Where am I going? And being bold enough to redefine his path. So he left the path he was on and packed up and moved to Thailand to teach English. And then he, that like that was it, that was the catalyst. And he has transformed since then. He had this blog uh, called Student of the World that was really, uh, really widely read. It was, you know, his thinkings, his thoughts every week on on things that he was being inspired by and the ways to think about things. He's been all over Asia, uh, given so much of himself. When he interviewed me oh, probably over a year ago now, he had just gotten back to Asia. He's was, he was doing another tour um, to be in the area and, and get re inspired. And he was doing a meditation retreat. Um, and I was back in the States and he's getting his master's in education while teaching out in San Francisco uh, and keeping people of purpose going. I just, there's something about the way that he looks at the world. He thinks about it, and he helps you think about yourself that I just find so beautiful, so inspiring, and so clear. So for me, it was like, got to have him on the show. Um, and I didn't even know about the the whole falling off the mountain backstory. You know, like he's got his moment, but I didn't even know about that. And I was like, he gets what this is all about, and I think he can help people see that path and that purpose so clearly. So I was unbelievably excited to have him on and then you add in the story and it's it's a pretty uh it's pretty wow kind of thing really powerful so let's jump in listen to this old soul this brilliant peaceful centered purpose-driven human being and think about where are you in your life and how can you be a person of purpose so let's jump in with tanner hey tanner badgley thank you so much for joining me today
0: Thank you so much Brian i'm happy to be here
1: yeah i'm um I'm remembering back to the last time we talked, which was a really long time ago. It seems Skype says it was ten months ago, but it felt longer than that but you were you were not in the u s by any stretch of the imagination. you were in this little space in Thailand right
0: yeah, I agree with you it feels like forever ago yeah. i was i had i think I booked our interview for my podcast. Uh, I think my second day I had been in Thailand. So I was like super jet lagged and like getting used to the reverse time zones. Wow. It was like 12 hours like later in the day than here. Um yeah, and we it also feels like so long ago.
1: Well, was, I mean, like, you've had time my life. You had a yeah, a lot of stuff happen. I mean, even just the whole Thai experience before coming back home, but you're uh you're all an adult now and working and all that. So like, yeah, your your life is <laughs> Has dramatically changed as well. But um, I mean, give us like, give us the, the you know, 30,000 foot view. Like, what are you up to these days? And then it's that backstory. That's what always gets me. And I want to hear about, you know, that your experience and, and what's transformed you into this uh, person of purpose.
0: Oh, yeah. Well, meeting you was a, another big like motivation to continue everything I've been doing. So thank, thank you. you for that and like cool. for staying in my life throughout that and providing value as we, Gone, but yeah. For a thirty thousand foot view. Um, currently, I'm a teacher in San Francisco. I teach seventh grade social studies. I'm also in a masters of education program tied into that, where I'm getting a master's um, in one year. So it's like double the speed of normal.
1: Yeah, um, and working. I,
0: and I work in a very difficult school. I work in a charter school in a um, area of, of this city called Bayview, which is kind of known for having, like, high rates of poverty, generational poverty. A lot of the kids bring in a lot of trauma to school. The schools are under-resourced. High students to low teacher ratio. Um, And so, like, it's been really full on, 70 hours a week. I've been doing that since I moved here in August. I first got here um, in June, um, and I did an intensive summer program where it was six days a week, 12 hours a day school. to like build up my credit hours in that sense, and before yeah. that, I was living in Thailand, dating my girlfriend, and having a pretty chill lifestyle, teaching English online to Chinese students, and really building up my podcast, People of Purpose, um, where I interview guests that have a lot of intentionality, are doing really purposeful things to build up a community, or finding a lot of fulfillment, and have a lot of tips and tricks and practices and stuff that um, that they can share with others. So. I actually just finished my, I did 16 months, I think, without an address. I was traveling around the world, mostly Asia and North America, couch surfing amongst my friends' houses and working online and finding local jobs as I would be in places for a couple months at a time, two or three months, um, generally around teaching. I did some landscaping, bar backing, um, things like that. and. Living the dream for like a 25-year-old at the time. Now I just turned 27 and I'm um, trying to be an adult. Wow. Um, yeah.
1: <laughs> that's. A, I mean, that's a pretty amazing experience that in and of itself, that's probably a whole episode. Like, you know, how it shaped you and and um, what you saw of other cultures from a non-tourist kind of place. You mm-hmm. know, like it's, plenty of Americans travel, but when they do they're probably having a specific kind of interaction when they're there you know it's a short period of time you're staying in a hotel you know you may have all the best intentions but you're not really getting into that culture i mean i know when i was in china same kind of thing is like i i was amongst the people you know speaking the language like it's a totally different world from staying at the big hotels and and just sort of like doing sightseeing and trying to get in a few days of experience
0: Oh yeah, for sure. Um, I had been there as a teacher in Thailand actually, um, before that was my previous address it was a year in like, um, kind of a town center of villages in Northern Thailand. Um, and then I had established community in Chiang Mai, um, playing frisbee, mostly ultimate frisbee. And, um, I, I couldn't get away from it. I went back to America to figure out my plan. I took the like law school exams called the LSAT and, toured some law schools with my mom and then i was just like i'm not ready for this yeah um i also like want to figure more about my relationship with my Thai girlfriend and i like want to still learn more about myself before i like make a big permanent move and go into a bunch of debt and all that sort of stuff yeah i made it back and then yeah like i had a unique lens i think um that i kind of became a tour guide of sorts to people sometimes interesting Uh, yeah, I could speak some of the language. I knew a lot of the reasons for why they did things. Um and it's just a wonderful place. I think it's a special place for me. And I don't yeah. I still don't know if I'm done with it yet. I probably am not.
1: <laughs> you ju- what you just said you, you knew the reasons why they do certain things. I think that mm-hmm. that's kind of like that's the crux of it. That's what defines a culture. Is like do you understand the, the reasons behind the behaviors, the reasons behind the traditions, like that's how you know you're operating on a deeper level of integration or, um, I don't know, immersion into their world. That's pretty cool.
0: Yeah, I love the word immersion. I think that's the kind of experiences I'm after um, in every sense, like as a traveler and tourist, obviously, like immersion is big, but also like learning. Like that's the kind of frame of mind I took is I'm here to learn about myself from re-experiencing everything from a new perspective and then learning about that place from like a new um like a new perspective within myself like Mm. this new open space that's uncharted territory i'm gonna immerse myself in it to see what comes out of it um and i think that's like the best way to go into things is like full-on like don't just dip your toe in there like go all the way in and then become saturated in it and you come away with a lot of wisdom in that process, I think, and self-growth and transformation and all those things are super important to me.
1: It's like the marriage between immersion and introspection. Like that seems to yeah, be about this. Um, I just remember being struck by how deep you were. And uh, maybe maybe it was the uh, the jet lag talking or what, but like I, I was, I was blown away for, not that you're like five years old, but you're on the younger side of life. And you are way deeper than a lot of people that, you know, like people that I work with um, professionally or as a coach or whatever that are like in their 40s and 50s and just coming into this place of discovering themselves because they've never had that, like, you you know, it's, it's the word purpose, like your podcast. Um all right, we could just ramble on about depth and everything. I gotta, I, I don't know your story more than like the couple of lines that you you gave back to me when I was talking about doing this show, um. And I was like, oh my god, like I, I need to hear this. So please, like, bring us back to where, like, this climbing incident. What was the deal with that? Why were you doing climbing in the first place? Has that always been a part of your life? What happened, and what's happened since then?
0: Yeah. So this is a big topic for me and it was actually so hard for me to talk about the first couple of years, but when I was 19 years old, so it would have been um, six, seven and a half years ago now, I was spending my summertime after my freshman year of college with my dad and my brother in, in Yosemite National Park. And we were doing some hiking and that hiking turned into some climbing as we got more adventurous, especially my brother. He's younger than me, more athletic than me, very like self-assured. And- But were you he, guys climbers? No, we no. were hikers.
1: Okay, it's, it's um, a totally different thing.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely. We'd done like climbing, but like I wouldn't say we were avid climbers. We were definitely hikers, trekkers, something like that. Yeah. Um, But yeah, my brother was getting really confident and he was trying to like go off the trails and do some like small forms of hiking, or I mean climbing. And as he was doing that, he was successful, but he was kind of getting away from us. And my dad and I were following, like, the tried and true route, like, like, next to the waterfall, which was pretty steep. We were having to, like, hoist ourselves a little bit. um, And then we would walk a little bit and then hoist ourselves. My brother was on this, like, slope. And he ended up kicking out a lot of the rocks that he used to get there so he couldn't come back. Oh um and then i just heard him like yell and scream like i've never heard him before he was just terrified and he was like help me help me i need help and like i i don't know this like brother instinct in me just like i'm his older brother i'm a i know how to get to where he is i was above him i can just get down there and help him and i didn't even think and then once i like i got down there and then i realized like oh yeah he's screaming cuz he's like stranded here he's trapped you couldn't go to the left side because that was like an 80 degree slope that he had kicked out a lot of the rocks for you couldn't go down it was about like a 15 foot fall onto the boulders you couldn't go to the right because there would be like a 12 15 foot gap you had to jump to land on another small landing and you couldn't and up was like the 80 degree slope for another 40 feet so it was like literally climbing a rock wall for 40 feet um and yeah so i like slid sideways down like up and from the top and like sideways down to get him mm-hmm. and then we were both standing like on this very small like ledge that hold that held like our four feet only and I, I never felt fear like that before like my entire body was shaking and i like we need to make a decision soon or else we're gonna like fall from here and i was like i can gather it like I, I have a lot of skills i am like the big brother i can like gather this all up and like climb over the top of this and then once I show him that I can he'll be able to do it and it looked easy like there's actually like all these rock holds and stuff along the way up that looked pretty solid and so I just went for it like went like piece by piece like really testing each rock making sure that it wasn't falling my brother had explained how they had fallen out for him before but they weren't falling and like they felt solid I made it all the way up to the very top and like my second to last hold, I made, I tested it and I made the commitment to all, go all in on my left hand and it just crumbled in my hand. And then I ended up tumbling about 35, 40 feet down that 80 degree slope, like barrel rolling. I just saw like sky ground, sky ground, sky ground, just so out of control. And I like narrowly missed my brother who was standing below that area. And then I did a couple of flips over that 15 foot oh my God. at the bottom. Um, and I landed on the boulders at the base and I actually got super lucky cause I landed on my butt and I had no control over my landing. Um, but I landed on my butt and then everything went like super, super white and like, I couldn't hear noise anymore. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, like I found myself standing up walking and then I was at like dunking my face into the waterfall. And that's like when I woke up again. Um, so I like obviously went into some form of shock
1: no then, no belay no helmet nothing yeah because you were just you were just hiking
0: right <laughs> <laughs> it got way out of control and like th- there's so many places where the decision making went wrong um but i think like there was something in me that was like beyond just rationality like i was needing to save my brother so i got there then i needed to like save us so then i did that this thing and, and like Looking back on it, I should have just waited until search and rescue could have came, and it would have been several hours, and my dad could have gone down and got them, and we would have stood on this tiny ledge forever um but there was this like big fear in me that like I couldn't do that I would fall, I would pass out i would like and I could actually make this up because I'm like I'm a twenty a nineteen year old and like physically able, and it wasn't that difficult. I'd done like real rock climbing a little bit, much more hard than that, but you have safeties in place there. So yeah, I fell. I after I dunked my head into the water, I was right by the water, and I couldn't hear my brother at all very much anymore. Apparently, at one point, I gave him like he asked me how I was doing. I couldn't turn to see him because my body was all messed up, but I gave him like a thumbs up sign, and then like my head dropped down and my thumb dropped down, and I passed out. <laughs> wow! Like to my brother, that just looked like oh no, it's the like it's the end for him. What? He might be dying is like what my brother was going through, yeah um, where wh-
1: and what happened to your brother not to move off of you we'll, we'll come back to you because it's it's important, but like I'm just curious what did your brother do in all this? Was he still on that ledge?
0: yeah, he's stayed on the ledge, he ended up going through like round after round of tricep cramping, um like holding on to the back of the wall, like with his feet pointed outwards looking out over like it's like the most beautiful view, it's Yosemite Valley, so you can see. all like the rivers and streams and the road down below and the mountain face and like sky. And he just like, did that. He ended up having to be in that position for I think seven hours Wow! uh, because they only, yeah, my dad had to hike down to the bottom and yeah, it was crazy. So my dad came down to
1: leave you in that state. my
0: My dad had made it up to the top over, like over the big 80 degree slope to the flat part. And then my, my brother were having this thing go on. We were screaming for his name while we were down there and he wasn't responding cause oh. he couldn't hear us from the waterfall. And then I tried to climb, then I fell. Okay. And then 20 minutes later, my dad is staring at me in, the, in my face, and like looking at me, like, are you still inside there? Like, are you awake? Cause my brother had explained the fall that I had yeah. just taken. Um, yeah. And like, that was a big moment in my memory. It still is like my dad looking at me, like, do you still have a soul inside you? Like, are you still in there? Man. Like, have I lost like my son forever? He was super terrified. Yeah. And he ran, he ran down to the bottom. He got the phone out of the truck. He called the search and rescue and he hiked up with a search and rescue person and they got me in like in a stretcher and stuff. But then they had to call another unit for my brother and then it got, that turned into nighttime and and they had flashlights and like climbing gear and they couldn't find my brother very well because he was kinda hidden behind these trees. Um, and like yeah, it was just really frustrating how they didn't really deal with his problem. I was the one who had the accident, but I'd hurt myself as much as I could. I wasn't gonna hurt myself anymore. My brother could still fall. He was like still up there like cramping in his triceps and had no water, no food. Turned really cold at nighttime. So yeah, all that was big family bonding experience did
1: did you think that way then or is this you in hindsight feeling that way like it's frustrating that they were focused on you and not helping him
0: oh i thought that way then for sure like so you're still in big
1: brother protector mode
0: yeah there was like a point where so i laid there for about two and a half three hours and he was up there we couldn't talk to each other but i knew he's up there i could hear him in the distance
1: so you could hear after a little while
0: yeah, but we couldn't have a conversation. I was like right next to this rushing waterfall. Yeah, it's too much noise. But like, I, I let him know I'm okay. And then he's up there, he's okay. <laughs> and both of us just kind of, like, we talked about it after, but we both went into this zone of like, really deep introspection. Was especially me, like, I didn't have to pay attention to like, you know, holding myself up. Right. I was just laying there. I was like, Oh, my God, like, what if I die? What if, yeah, like, had I treated all my relationships right? Had I lived my life meaningfully? Like, what gifts has God given me that I've squandered? How can I, um, now that I have another chance, like, what can I do to appreciate this one life that I get to have? And how can I be, like, a better person? And and then, like, they got me stable after they they got up there, and my brother was not stable, and yeah, they got frustrated that they only brought one person. He brought hardly any gear, and and they brought three people and then they needed another group of people. So, yeah, like the fact that my, I kept trying to ask for updates on my brother and they had nothing to offer me, like this is frustrating. Like I am okay. Stop worrying about me. I know I'm okay. Like I had my IV in me. I'm in my stretcher. I have a blanket around me. I'm taken care of. My brother needs to get rescued.
1: How do you not have any broken, did you have any broken bones? Like I just, all I can imagine is like your legs, your arms, everything's got to be broken. Your head's got to be bashed in. You got to be internally bleeding. Like how are you not in that place? You, you didn't have anything broken?
0: Yeah, I did. Um, I had uh, like some fractures and like just hairline fractures in my neck. I had like major whiplash. I got diagnosed with a concussion. I had like sure. really deep tissue damage in my, my left butt cheek that's still I mean, I still feel all of this today. I I think so much of my life is based around, um, like, mitigating and overcoming these, like, physical traumas that I went yeah. through. But, yeah, I got extremely lucky. Like, I landed in the probably the one place on my body that would keep me safe. I didn't hit my anything, like, so directly when I was rolling. Um, I don't know. I, I ask myself that question a lot. Lots of people ask me that question. I don't know I, I I gave up control I remember when yeah. I was doing, doing the rolling seeing the sky in the ground I just I found a lot of peace I was like I I can't do anything about this yeah it, it's too fast for me and this might be the end and I remember just like feeling like peace with it like if this has to be at the end like this is the end for me and then boom and then silence and then white and then I'm, and then I wake up I'm like by the water and I'm here I'm okay I just moved I'm doing fine. That's my brother's voice. Like get a second chance at life. Um, I don't know what the meaning of it all is still. I'm still trying to figure it out, but definitely a big takeaway was I need to live more purposefully. I need to have more intentionality behind what I'm doing. I, I can't live so recklessly. I can't squander these opportunities. I have some really unique gifts. Like you said, like about thinking deeply, I feel like I always do that. Um, but I need to like, I think it needs to spread to others. I need to help others think more deeply about their lives. Um, but at first I needed to figure out my own life. Like I went on a big journey. I studied abroad in Morocco afterwards, like a year later. Um, I moved to Thailand after I graduated college. Um, I like, have done tons of healing things like acupuncture, meditation, yoga, um, massage, chiropractic i tried this thing called matrix repatterning therapy which is good for concussions Mm. um i've gotten really into like health like wellness stuff with nutrition i've been very mindful about how i exercise i roll out my tissues i stretch a lot i try to get enough sleep i try to hold my posture good it's just become a huge part of my life like in order to just be a normal person and Mm. i didn't want everyone to like think of me as like deficient Mm. initially so i was hugely motivated but to get back, but it took like two weeks before I could really do things, anything on my own again. My dad had to shower me every day and put my clothes on and take them off and I had to get carried upstairs and it was like super bad. My body was super black and blue and stiff. and I was wondering if I was ever going to get all that back. Couldn't hold conversations. I had to sleep all the time. I had brain injury.
1: Yeah. Wow. Mm -hmm. Um, There's a few things that you've said that strike me and one of the strongest is still around this notion of like the frustration that they're not helping your brother and i'm curious if that's a feeling that you've worked on whether you're carrying that today because you know your sense that you were fine then you certainly were not in a place to be passing judgment on your condition like you know you had a concussion You, you probably didn't know the full extent of it and you had adrenaline and other things running through your system keeping you from feeling everything that you surely felt over the next, I know it wasn't just two weeks of recovery, but you're saying like those first two weeks were, mm-hmm. were particularly bad. Like I'm sure the pain became very real to you in that time. Um, have you, have you gone back and, and let go of some of that, like that frustration, that anger, that sense of like, put me aside. I'm fine. My brother needs care. Cause you were still in a pretty, like they didn't know if you had internal bleeding or something. You weren't out of the woods by any stretch. I mean, literally but figuratively more importantly
0: yeah that's a really interesting question um yeah i think so in some respects um so yeah like i kind of got another another big test um three years later i got that my wasn't next, enough i got my next concussion three years later oh man what
1: and happened uh, there?
0: i was playing basketball and i was angry and my girlfriend and I had broken up and I had dated her for two years and I had the ball stolen from me and the guy's going for a full speed like layup on the other end with no one contesting him and I just ran as fast as I can to try to block his shot from behind, tripped over my own feet and ran right into the concrete wall behind the goal and smacked my temple. And like, yeah, so it was like, I'm right back to where I used to be. Just like, it was really bad. Yeah. And this time it was like, compounded effects it felt like a lot worse than the first time um
1: i can't even picture you being angry
0: i was so angry at this time like i don't know i was living in minnesota i decided to stay one year after i finished college um right away my grandma died my girlfriend broke up with me i moved in with a craigslist roommate i didn't know and i found myself in like a sales and marketing job
1: but like i can't see that either
0: unfulfilling to me
1: yeah sure I was
0: like, look at this like I tried to live purposely for a while I took good care of myself and then I got in a relationship where it asked me to like sacrifice a lot and I just did it Uh, and then she left me and it just made me realize like I really need to take better care of myself like myself needs to come first you can't there's that whole saying like you can't fill up an empty cup if you're like empty yourself um and so I got this second chance where I was like You know, people with concussions, they just, like, ride it out and, like, go back to their normal normal life and, like, never really get back their full cognitive abilities. But, like, I have a legitimate reason, like, to take care of myself. I'm going to, like, actually use it. I got a doctor's note to be off of work for a month initially. And I had, like, I worked for, like, a corporate, like, company. It was, like, an affiliate of, like, AT&T. I got, like, you know, I got paid to be off of work and, like, heal myself. And then I was like, I'm going all in on this. Like, I need to be in the dark room. I'm going to be in the dark room. Like, what am I going to do to heal myself? I'm going to learn like meditation. Mm-hmm. And that's like, when I got like really deep into meditation, I was meditating like eight hours a day by myself, just teaching wow. myself and like listening to like Tibetan bowls, like singing bowls on YouTube, like just laying on my yoga mat and like really going to all the places of tension around my head and my body. And I, like, uncovered lots of, like, emotional scars and trauma, too, that were, like, causing me to, like, shake and shiver and sweat and cry. I was, like, teaching myself how to sit with that discomfort and pain and, like, shed some of it. And I decided during that time period that I would um, stop this life that's for other people and other people's expectations and, like, what it means to be. Like, I don't know. For some reason, I thought, you graduate college, you need to, like, figure out how to be, like, self-sustaining, like, get yourself fancy job with a fancy title like i was working out of a skyscraper in minneapolis making like really good money for someone my age and just Were like wearing a
1: tie yes yeah it's all part of the picture right
0: <laughs> and like i don't know yeah they're like grooming me to be some like a big adult person but it wasn't purposeful it was like all this superficial stuff it's like you look good, you can express yourself well. We'll teach you how to like sell people these things and make sure they don't ask too many questions and like get these sort of sales quotas. and I was done with it. I didn't like it, but I like didn't know what else to do. yeah and I was like bitter over my relationship thing and I still like wasn't happy with where my health was. and I just was like, I need to make a big change. I'm going to Thailand, I'm gonna become a teacher. I'm going to go to like this country because it's warm. I, you can work very part time and make really good money for the local economy. They have like really good yoga and meditation and Thai massage. It's a Buddhist country. So it's like going to have a lot of peace and like not so much stress and high like expectations for like, I think America is like really cutthroat and competitive about like individual performance. Mm. Um, and I wasn't like ready to be running in the rat race when like I'm an injured rat. Yeah. Like, pretty injured.
1: That's really well said.
0: So I I left, like I, I made my application and I had like some great people come into my life during this time that really showed that they like loved me unconditionally and could sit with me through this and have hard conversations. And I finally let go of my, my girlfriend that we'd been broken up six months. And for some reason, I still thought she was coming back or like something silly like that. I had a lot of bitterness, and forgave her for that. I didn't get to share that with her because just cut off like lines of communication, but
1: it's probably for the best. If you, I mean, something I was going to ask you about was if uh, you had been on this path after your big accident and it sounds like the relationship with her and maybe other things as well took you away from that path and made you change who you had shifted into being and the path you had been on. Right. Um, And then so she's gone for better or worse or the the way that it happened may not have been as he wished it to but the outcome for your sake was a good thing but yet even though she's gone she still has control over your life you're still caught up in the emotional roller coaster of that relationship
0: yeah i don't know if you've ever been through a breakup but like no never
1: never yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's really hard, and and you know what's really interesting though, it seems like the bad relationships are harder to get over, and I I've wondered about that a lot because it's like there's more emotional distress, disorder, ups and downs. You're you're taken on this emotional ride, and so you're left in a very different place than a good relationship that ends amicably, or that ends you know like you're both good people, you have respect for each other, but it's over. It's like, yeah, you know, she was great. I could, but we're in a different place. And like, you, because it's positive, because it's not this like drawn out, painful, up and down kind of mess, you can move forward a lot. I think you can move forward a lot easier. Maybe it's more of a shame, but it seems like it's easier to get over the ones that you should be less able to get over because they were good, you know? Yeah. It's the no, messy like, ones.
0: Definitely. I think, like, yeah, we entered it too quickly it got i went for the immersion technique in, rela- in my relationship yeah. like i think i gave too much of my already fragile self away sure to where like i became a little bit reliant on her to make me realize i was like you know good enough full enough capable enough um then i got some of my spark back when i was in morocco yeah. and i was doing wonderfully and then to come back and um it kind of slipped back again. I got too, I got like lackadaisical a little bit. Like I was a senior that only had to take a half schedule because I had done really well in high school and got myself a bunch of credits coming in. Um, I was the captain of the ultimate Frisbee team, which was like my big engagement to have. So I was like super social. Um, but I wasn't like really stretching and challenging myself in lots of ways. Mm. Um, then when my relationship ended when college ended my community structure kind of fell away i was like uh-oh i don't i don't have a plan i don't have a vision i don't have a purpose thing to fulfill um and yeah i needed to get back to that and so i i saw thailand as the vehicle i needed to go back somewhere alone that's super different than where i'm from that's going to foster all these like healing modalities i need to go through mm-hmm. and then i started a blog like day one like. Day minus one, like it was the plane ride to Asia. I just wrote and wrote and wrote, and then I posted my first blog post. And I started, yeah, it's called Student of the World Blog. WordPress. and on there I posted like um, I think it's 18 different letters to myself that I wrote on different topics that got read quite a bit by a bunch of people in my Facebook community. Um, they were they got to be pretty lengthy, like 10,000, 15,000 word entries yeah. over different themes of my learning um but like it really helped me to grow so much like i started to have very purposeful experiences and and they not just do the experiences to have something cool and interesting to share at like a party but like to really develop a certain part of me so i reflected on what home means to me what how my friendships have co- like contributed to who i am i did a 5 day meditation there so i talked about how mindfulness has changed my life i looked at how um engagements in different communities have really helped me to find a lot of new opportunities. Um, I went to India and I got yoga teacher trained for a month there and I reflected on that experience. Talked about what it's like to come home and surprise my mom for Christmas Eve after 15 months of being out of the US. So like what family means to me now. And I found a lot of people that just like loved me in a way that was different than the way my girlfriend had loved me. It was a healthier, much better love that was, Yeah. yeah mutually beneficial for both and yeah i've been on a new path since then and it's been really wonderful and yeah i started a podcast and my blog unfortunately hasn't been super active but like my podcast is now extremely active yeah covers a lot of the same topics and i got to the point where i wanted to share what teachers had shared with me along the way so i interviewed a lot of the people that had mentored me and helped me to grow and and then now i'm into their friends and the friends of their friends and the teachers yeah. of their friends and it's really great to have a podcast
1: yeah the networking power of it goes really quickly mm-hmm. um i'm really curious if you upon reflection if you think you could have gotten to where you are now if you hadn't removed yourself to thailand and gone down that like immersive introspective world that you you lived in for what 15 months
0: I don't know I really don't know um I think it took both experiences like I don't know I'm I'm kind of to the point where I'm like very grateful I had both of these concussions yeah um, <laughs> I don't think I would have had so much wisdom and joy and kind of a peace and I don't really have a lot of fear anymore I don't fear dying mm. I have a lot of techniques to overcome pain I feel like I've gotten rid of so many of my traumas in my life um i've gone to like war with my weaknesses so i don't yeah i guess my short answer would be no i wouldn't be here
1: um no on the traumas that the the two concussions and the events around them or no on getting here without thailand Thailand.
0: yeah your answer was about getting here without thailand i don't think so no i needed I needed to have some time with myself to present like I was creating like a new identity for myself. That was the most authentic identity I've ever created. Um, I was teaching for my first time ever professionally and I yeah. loved it. I had 400 students. I taught 10 wow. classes, 10 classes of 40, and I was good at it. I got offered a chance to re- re-up my contract and decided not to do that, which was a really hard decision. Yeah, I'm sure. Um, I'm thinking about getting engaged soon with my Thai girlfriend and that's like pretty life-changing. Um,
1: we just have to make sure she doesn't listen to this either way. <laughs> so she's surprised or that there's no issue or whatever. <laughs>
0: well, we've had to talk about it too, but just cause immigration forces you to talk about sure. these things yeah, in yeah. different countries and it's very hard to immigrate to the U.S. right now. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I don't know. Yeah. I like, I wouldn't have decided to be a teacher. Certainly not. I probably would have ended up going to law school. Um, I wouldn't have like, I don't know. I used to be to where I couldn't like sit in a chair for more than 10 minutes without needing to like squirm and like adjust my posture. And like, I was super reliant on like water. I needed a, I was like spending a hundred dollars a week on like body work in America. Um, I like, I don't know. I needed counseling. I I was broken in a lot of ways. Yeah. So I highly recommend people to go out and like really find themselves before they're gonna create a lot of responsibilities. Like yeah. you have to take care of yourself first. And now I'm slowly letting responsibilities come into my life, but like I'm asking for them now. It's not like, oh no, another responsibility has come, I'm gonna react to it by just like, you know, kind of half hardly accepting it. I know it's gonna take a lot of personal sacrifice that I'm not quite ready for. That's how like mediocre lives are built. I'm not trying to create a life like that i see it I see it happening um and it's unfortunate, and people don't seem to think that there's an alternative but i'm I guess I'm blessed with like kind of optimism like I believe we have like infinite potential to be become someone great if we like we all have this like inside of us and we just have to unlock it um I don't know whether that's like my Christian upbringing or like the um, meditation and Buddhism I was able to be a part of in Thailand or if it's like me laying on the mountain and realizing like I got it all back and like there's some core part of me that was never touched through any of these experiences and that core part is like pure and wonderful and joyful and like there's tools to tap into that yeah. um, and I have those tools now and so I feel extremely resilient to things and I feel much older than my age says I am in lots of ways
1: yeah really yeah, cool. I can see that. Really? Um, I'm so curious, of the lawyer thing, I, I'm, I'm trying to choose my words carefully because I don't want to offend any attorneys because there are some great people who are attorneys and there are some great attorneys who do really good purposeful work, mm-hmm. but the vast majority don't, you know, aren't doing like pro bono defense of the environment or like, you know, whatever social causes, are. do you think, uh, I, I can't see you being a lawyer? But if you now, if you were like, you would be, you know, one of the the lawyers who eventually like there's an Erin Brockovich, I know she wasn't a lawyer, but like style movie made about, you know, this guy who like took on this issue and fought for the people. Um, What do you think would have happened if you actually had stuck it out and gone to law school?
0: Yeah, I would have been doing that. I would have basically like gotten myself a mountain of debt to go to some place that Taught me a really cool stuff. I think intellectually, that stuff is really fascinating to me because it's kind of like the fundamental philosophies we build our society on. Mm-hmm. So, from just an intellectual student perspective, I think it's like a, a really cool lens to look at how the world works um, through. Um, I think if you develop power and agency in that, you can make really big changes in society. Um, I think the two places that kind of fit with my skill set to do that through would be. um having an influence over the law or having an influence over teaching. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's kind of what I isolated as my two things. I think you're right. Like major differences are like typically the ways to make money are by selling out and like really harming humanity in lots of ways. And that was really distasteful for me. Mm -hmm. Like I hung out with a bunch of people in New York a couple of summers ago that was all like went to Harvard Law, Yale Law. Um, I was visiting my friend from Vanderbilt. He had just got his first job in Manhattan. Yeah, I like was asking all these people. And I was like, "What?" I was essentially asking like, "Where is the purpose in the work you do? How do you find it?" And they're just like, "It's kind of this delay gratification mindset for them." It's like, well, you have to put in this work, doing this stuff that kind of hurts people, um, so that you can like get your student loads paid off and like learn from the best people, and then you go and you do the work that you actually want to do.
1: Yeah, if it happens.
0: Like, what? Yeah, like, what is no. that mindset? Like, and there's just so much. Uh, I don't know. I, I've i never met people that I'm really that jealous of, especially in that world. Those people are really fidgety. They have to be hyper stimulated all the time. Yeah. They have, like, a lot of materialism about them. Um, well, that's so is like, yeah, okay I mean, for big parts of their culture.
1: Once, I, I just, once you start down yeah. that path with, with the amount of debt. And what that can doesn't have to lead you into from a an employment standpoint, you know, you're you're doing a certain kind of work because that's what's going to get your loans paid off. Next thing you know, you wake up and like at the same time, you've been building a life in that mold. So it's really hard to get off that train and to think it's like, oh, I just need, you know, four years or whatever, and then I'll be out of debt or, you know, like I just need to work myself to the bone and get those big bonuses, those big paychecks, my debt will be gone. And then I'll take a $40,000 a year public defender or whatever, you know, like work for a nonprofit. Like that's really nice to say, but the overwhelming majority never do anything like that.
0: I think like there's a certain irony involved in that. It's like, you have to be the most like disciplined person to your vision, but you also like don't have a vision very much as you're doing it. Like, how are you going to expect this four or five year vision to pan out if like you don't actually, you know, you're not actually doing things every day to like yeah. provide nutrition to that vision. Yeah. And yeah. And also like, even if you do make it there, you're working on like this side of like fighting symptoms of problems. Like you're not like a teacher is actually like the most proactive force for like good and humanity or can be if you're teaching the right kind of things. Cause yeah. you're like planting seeds. You're, like stopping like weeds before they become like you know huge problems in society or saving lives before they end up in jail whatever like medium of teaching you choose or whatever subject area you choose like you can have a super purposeful impact and it's like daily and it requires you to be a person that is like a role model in certain ways mm. and I, i'm really attracted to that idea too that you have to be like a constant like lifelong learner and someone that is like um building up themselves in a way that like makes other people want to be like oh that is like a role model for success like i can learn i want to learn from that kind of person yeah um and like that's like the way to really create solid relationships and find yourself like having positive contributions to communities and growing from those around you and getting beyond like this excess materialism that i think is a huge problem and Um, actually connecting with people in a way that's not like about the transaction of the relationship but is more just about a relationship for the sake of relationships because that's like this wonderful thing that we have as humans that we can form these very strong social bonds and it makes us feel amazing and it like can transmit love and those are like to me those are like more of the end goals like how to transmit love and share kindness and like find a sense of humility together and impact the community in a way that like makes people smile like those are like the real forms of success and richness and wealth like this number that you see on a computer screen when you log into like your u.s bank account like sure that's like cool, but to me like that's just that's just like some some benefits you get along the way that like help you to continue your success in in the real things that are like the markers of success
1: yeah that's interestingly put it's that's the benefit that comes along the way, not the end goal benefit. Mm -hmm. And and I think for a lot of us, um, probably unintentionally that becomes the end goal is getting some number in the bank, Mm -hmm. uh, whether we realize it or not. And whether it's explicitly that, or it's measured some other way, but effectively, you know, the house that you own or the car that you drive or the size of your retirement nest egg so that you can, you know, you, you think in, in how, you, in terms of how you're going to spend it when you retire, like you're ultimately still talking about the same thing.
0: I really liked like getting the chance to live with monks in Thailand. And I liked living in the village of Thailand because I don't think that that is like the litmus test for success. No. Um, and I, yeah, I know you're exploring Buddhism a lot too. And I think like they're onto something that is like much grander that, um, that unfortunately a lot of Western people don't ever get to access. Um, and there's also like this this factor about money that you never really find contentment because there's not like a what is that like ceiling that you're after that's yeah. not there like there's always another person to compare yourself to there's always another reason to have anxiety, there's always a the fear that you're gonna lose it, yep like building that inner wellness is like where it's at, and I kind of have a theory that it's like related to the standardized testing culture we have in america um so like the money that you have in your bank account is like this standard litmus test for success Mm -hmm. across all professions, all people of all ages. Like that's like the marker we kind of all can share. And it's a measurable thing. It's like real data. Um, And we do the same thing with like, how smart are you? Oh, let's look at your SAT score. How smart are you? Oh, let's see what you got on like your AP chemistry test. But like, there's so much more to intelligence than that yeah um but like unfortunately like we put all like you know the importance on that score and it's similar like the bank account stuff is like a score in a way the house the car is like
1: or your credit score which is like they're all intertwined and that's exactly like that's your grade from a financial standpoint
0: yeah so i don't know i'm like a constant struggle i have is how to fit in the box enough to transform society yeah but also like making sure i can have one foot out of the box because like. Yeah. Out of the box is like where a lot of the, the joy and contentment and creativity and flow and like all of these like more immeasurable things. Yeah. Uh, that's where those things lie. So how to like kind of blend the two
1: mm. um,
0: so that you can like actually live in the world and can, um, can like contribute to a family and, and like have a, an impact in society and not just be like necessarily an ascetic person. Um, yeah but also like being able to like know that you're fine if you lost everything yeah. you are like you have the tools for success regardless of if people took away all your money like you i don't know you know how to treat people kindly you know how to like have a conversation that's empathetic like these are real skills that successful people in my mind have
1: yeah they're the ultimate the ultimate skills really cuz that's all like when everything else is gone that's all you're left with anyway yeah, so definitely. You might as well have those. It's 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 really hard. It's um it's hard to get on that path if you just get on the train that is what everyone else is around, you know, around you is getting on. Um, but just because it's hard doesn't mean it's impossible. It's still and it and it doesn't necessarily take falling off of a mountain to get there, but sometimes we get opportunities like that. If you know, it sounds like you see it that way um maybe other people listening are like oh my god that'd be the worst thing ever it's like well yeah you know it's, that that ends up being your choice and sometimes it takes a lot of years and a lot of reflection and work but everything we go through is ultimately an opportunity for us to get to some place better it's just a I question agree with how that. we use it
0: it's a choice definitely yeah. like i don't know for me the choice is so simple like you you've experienced the worst you can experience like you should have died yeah. You have like major body harm. That's going to hurt you for years. Um, like, yeah, like I hit the rock bottom, like literally the rock literally, bottom. Yeah. Like, um, you can choose to sit there and like wallow in that pain and have everyone feel sorry for you and never get ahead. Or you can be like, Oh, the only place to go is up. Let's see how high up I can go. Yeah. And, like, That was definitely the mentality I took. And I, people support that mentality. Like people love people that have a growth mindset. um, I just wish that like people could love people that do that. And then also be like, and how can I learn to have a growth mindset? Cause oftentimes people are like, yeah, but that would be too uncomfortable for me to do.
1: Like for sure. Yeah.
0: I don't know. Growth mindset is huge. Definitely. Yeah.
1: Tanner, I get one question for you. That's completely off of this path we were just on. I know we're, we're tight on time. Um, but I'm just, I'm super curious about it. Um, where, where's, where's your brother in the post? accident world like what is does he seem to have guilt or like what did he what was his experience and his process and did it change your relationship with him
0: um i think it improved it it made us a lot closer i mean, in a lot of ways why Um,
1: because you survived through that together or because he saw that you would go to the end of the earth literally for him or all of it like what what do you think? I don't know if I'm ever going to have
0: that answer for you. Like why? I think both of those are answers. Yeah. I think like he was always my best friend growing up. And like now we have some shared experience that transformed both of us. Yeah. I saw him. He's transformed a lot because of it too. Like he has like an amazing work ethic that's like, I've still never met somebody that can just work 18 hour a day upon 18 hour a day, like of self-discipline. He well, doesn't
1: sit on that ledge for seven hours straight.
0: Yeah. He also like can become like the best at anything he teaches himself how to be. Mm. So like, I don't know, he like picks up a hobby that becomes like an obsession that becomes like I'm all of a sudden shooting five under par when I'm golfing at like real courses or like he's doing stock trading. Like now he makes five grand a week day trading. Wow. And he's like taught himself that for a year and a half. He like graduated with an environmental studies degree, like straight A's in Colorado. Um, like, He's extremely independent. He's very grown up. And I think we've gotten a lot closer um, mm. as we've done it. But we've also, like, physically been apart. So there's that element, too. Like, I mo- went to Thailand. He didn't go with me. I went to college. He didn't go with me. So um, we're definitely, like, not together on a daily basis. But we get together every year. And each of those times, it just clicks right back in. Yeah. yeah we are really close.
1: Well, that's really cool. Um, all right. we, we got to wrap things up. But is there... Is there maybe a bit of parting wisdom for people who haven't been through what you've been through, but you know of, of all these modalities that you've been learning, focusing on bringing into your life and, and thriving as a result of, from talking to you, it feels like meditation is maybe the, the most important one that helped you transform because it unlocks so many other things, but what's your take on it? What, what should someone be thinking about if I'm gonna start somewhere, where do I start?
0: Yeah, I think you got to um, create a, a spiritual practice, um, and that can take the form of lots of things. It can take the form of going to church, going to the temple, connecting with um, whatever religion you grew up with around. It could just con- like connecting with art, with music, with creativity. But you got to create some sort of practice that like awakens and enlightens you to like who you are and who you're meant to be. And then you need to find something about that that compels you to um share those gifts for like a greater purpose that is like Mm. in service to others and i think that service thing is something i'm working on like how what are those specific areas of service that i can give to others that come from like a really well-developed place within me so i feel like a sense of responsibility um for others by like my internal practice makes me more more responsible for helping others Mm -hmm. Um, i want people to like search for that by developing a a practice that helps them find their internal purpose to where it can manifest externally
1: that's awesome i love that and and actually that goes right back to something we were talking about i don't know 40 minutes ago around more um the introspection piece immersing it what i say like an introspection immersion or immersing yourself in introspection whatever i said back then that was so brilliant like that's what yeah. we're talking about is like just filling yourself with that depth of self-study st- self-study and uh it sounds like you're saying that spirituality that that practice that ritual is the centering point to do that maybe
0: mm-hmm, definitely cool. man You're you're very insightful like
1: yeah, you're really good
0: at this. I like that concept. I'm gonna be thinking about this this week. This immersive introspection. Well, look, That's if right. you did it
1: on your show from jet lag, and I'm sick today, so like maybe the answer is just be unwell, and you can uh, <laughs> you can unlock things. Actually, all kidding aside, there may be something to that because you can't fight the thoughts that are just free flowing. You have less of your ability to structure and like you know whatever heuristics you have around you in your life they're all turned down because you're maybe you're not as um proactively present yeah. the subconscious gets more of a, I don't know I like I, that I could also be rambling but it feels like there's something to that like I can't I can't fight to form things differently so it just comes out the way that the thoughts are coming together
0: yeah I like that I feel like we're like more subdued in a way mm. yeah like same thing with fasting too if you ever do yeah, any yeah. fasting like it's the same kind of thing like you can't you can't have all these things you're holding at once you just go down one line and just kind of stream of consciousness.
1: Yeah. It's cool, yeah. Um there's a guy I, I had on the show Howard Jacobson who's awesome. If you don't know him, uh, he's he's definitely a great person to look into, really active in the vegan community. He was doing a water fast and sent an email to his uh his mailing list and recorded a podcast episode that He looks back at it now and he's like, oh my God, what was I doing? But he basically just goes off for, I don't know, an hour and change about his father and the man that his father was and how much that shaped him. Honestly, like I love his stuff. That is by far the most brilliant, touching, inspiring, educational thing I've ever gotten out of him. And he's, I mean, he's a PhD. He's written a bunch of books. He's really strong in uh, like just helping people transform. So to say that about him, is like, you know, a whole other level of how inspiring it was. I thought it was amazing. And he's like, oh my God, what did I do? Because he's just like, I went nuts. I was on this water fast, but it's brilliant. You know, it's like all all the barriers came down and he just let his true feelings come out. That was awesome.
0: I love that. Yeah, I'll listen to that. Cool. That's on your podcast? or No,
1: from- I mean, I just, I just interviewed him for mine. Um, I have no idea when that's coming out, but that was, he, I don't even remember when it was. It was several months ago. So it's probably like mid mid to late summer. Um on his podcast, Plant Yourself is the name of his show. Um he's uh he's a pretty awesome guy. Um anyway, Tanner, the real question. Well, actually, we can't get to the real question yet. Where can people find you? Where can people get your podcast?
0: Yeah, anywhere that they listen to podcasts, I'm at People of Purpose. Um, Instagram is People of Purpose Podcast facebook page people of purpose podcast um yeah i really encourage people to listen if they want to talk to people that are more insightful than me um definitely my guests are pretty wonderful and uh i will have a lot to learn from them each time i think i do a fairly good job at asking questions that um i'm personally super curious about and i imagine others are um yeah it's 30 some episodes in now and growing and definitely something i'm very committed to so if, yeah if yeah. you could go there and listen to that and leave a rating and review i'd love to learn about how I could improve this and also help share all the stories and projects from all these purposeful people that could use more support including myself
1: well, i love that you you interviewed me really early on in the process
0: i don't remember definitely. if i was
1: that, i wasn't your first episode Maybe. no you're my, you my first like stranger that i okay. that i'm super I had done,
0: like my friends and teachers and stuff before but like yeah you but were, it was
1: like a single digit episode number yeah it was early, like, maybe like number seven i don't know this,
0: this guy that did a ted talk or, like, is doing a ted talk and has a book like wants to get interviewed by me
1: sweet yeah
0: so, universe is putting new people into my world from the podcast is
1: amazing but what I was gonna say with that is, you know, I've I've done a bunch of them, and you know, people who've got hundreds of episodes, and and people who are newer at it, you felt like you'd been at it for years. You knew, like, you knew how to how to ask. You knew how to draw stuff out. I thought that was um, that was pretty awesome. So a little bit of a plug for your show. Like, it, it's been really cool to watch it grow. But the starting place where you came from, like. You were already starting as if the show's like three years old and, you know, you've had hundreds of guests and you just like, you know exactly how to pull it out. So I was really blown away. Just the juxtaposition between the expertise and the noviceness, if that's a word. Wow, really? Thank yeah, you for that. really, really impressive. So people it. should listen. Um, all right. Now the big question. Are you, uh, you remember how to help me close things out?
0: Definitely. Awesome.
1: Yeah. All right, <laughs> Today's a new day. Go out and do it. Thank you so much, Tanner. Thanks, Brian. See, I told you, Tanner's just peaceful, directed, guiding, really gets you thinking within your own head through the way that he just shares his own wisdom. I love talking to this guy. I hope you did too. I hope you're thinking about your purpose, how you can be a person in connection with your own purpose. So valuable, yet so many of us don't do it. He made some really bold moves to get there himself and he shares that wisdom so maybe you don't have to disrupt your life as much as he disrupted his but maybe you do maybe that's kind of the point so think about that if you haven't checked out tanner's work definitely do that links are in the show notes people of purpose is the podcast you want to listen you want to subscribe and while you're in itunes if you haven't yet subscribe to the do a day podcast too I'm sure most people listening have subscribed, but maybe you're the person who hasn't. So jump on in, hit the subscribe button, and keep getting the inspiration that I'm putting out with me, with my guests, every week, automatically. Easiest way to stay inspired, to stay driving yourself forward, and to change your life. Of course, go to brianfaltruck.com where you can get links to all of what I'm doing, all of what I'm putting out to help everybody move themselves forward every day. So with that, I will say goodbye. Thank you for listening again. Think about whether you're a person of purpose in your life. And either way, whether you are or you aren't, you can always grow by going out there and doing it every single day. Thanks so much.
0: I want to thank Brian one more time for this wonderful interview he put together for all of his hard work on his podcast, Do A Day Podcast. I really encourage each of you to go check that out and see if it's for you. I know he does a lot of similar things I do, and I think that his level of zest, his curiosity, his thoughtfulness um, is something that I think would really resonate with a lot of of the People of Purpose audience. Thank you so much for listening. It means so much to me that you spent an hour of your day or your evening living in my world, um, entertaining the way I see the world, and asking if it works for you. So thank you so much. I really hope that you continue to listen to People of Purpose podcast. And here's to becoming People of Purpose. Perhaps the most helpful, inspiring, and uplifting thing that you can do is leave your feedback. I would love to hear from you how People of Purpose is impacting your life. It's so energizing to know that someone out there in the world of the internet is listening to this thing we're creating. It's hard to know how the project is doing when there's not an audience in front of you to give immediate feedback. The weekly personal message or the occasional review is the most inspiring part of producing and publishing this show. It's oftentimes the most inspiring part of my week, but we need more. Let me know what's resonating and what could use some improvement. If you have new ideas or a question you'd like to ask me, please don't hesitate. This is one instance in which you can exercise your personal power to shape the show. Consider yourself our freelance consultant. And don't forget, if you want to sign up for the POP newsletter or become a volunteer, please reach out. Email us at peopleofpurposepodcast@gmail.com, at gmail.com or leave a direct message through our Facebook or Instagram pages. Thank you for your support and listenership, and here's to becoming...